God is not a God of disorder or confusion, but is the God of peace. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. We also have the prophetic message as something completely reliable, and you will do well to pay attention to it as to a light shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning stars rise in your hearts. You are tuning into the Tribe of Christians podcast with host Brandon Dawson, the chief sinner, bringing you a peace of mind, clarity, insight, and perspective to the world you live in by the word of God, featuring the latest updates on end time prophecy news. Don't, Don't forget, forget to subscribe to the, to the Tribe, Tribe of Christians, Christians broadcast, either on Stitcher, Spreaker, iHeartRadio, Podbean, SoundCloud, Facebook, or YouTube at tribeofchristians.com. Without further ado, here is your host and teacher, The Chief Sinner. Welcome, and thank you for tuning in to the Tribe of Christians podcast. I am your host, the Chief Center. Saturday, March 19th, the word of the Lord came to me again concerning a great shifting taking place in the kingdom of Christ. I'm going to share that word with you and how this week's horrific headlines relate to signs of a great coming revival and outpouring greater than Acts chapter 2. There are significant things happening in our nation this week, and even more extraordinary things are happening around the world. There are unprecedented things occurring in this very hour, in this very lifetime, which we've never witnessed or seen before. And it's completely extraordinary the amount of unprecedented and historic things which are occurring in such a short time span, all in a matter of a single week. Many people are completely missing the significance of these things and underestimating the value of what these signs are signaling. It's extremely incredible what is taking place. This generation has witnessed the legalization of gay marriage. We've witnessed the legalization of same-sex bathrooms. We have seen the legalization of abortion up to the very due date of a baby's birth. We've witnessed abominations to God become legal and acceptable in the public eye. All of these things are happening within a decade, shorter, less than 10 years. And these things that are happening are events that most would consider would take an entire lifetime to occur. But here they are being fulfilled in some instances within a week, within an hour, and a single day. And we know that according to Jesus, according to the Word of God, prophesied through his prophets of Jeremiah, Daniel, Isaiah, Ezekiel, Apostle Paul, that evil will rise, that lawlessness would increase more greatly, that laws and times would be changed to favor the lawless. And Jesus said that when you see these things happening, that you will know that the season, the time is near, it's upon us. And they are. And one of the reasons that these things are occurring aside from the purpose of fulfilling prophecy is also because of the very lack of love or in other words because of the lack of god's presence because the bible says that god is love jesus said that the love of many will grow cold or in other words god's presence in many will grow cold because of evil and lawlessness because of disobedience and unbelief 
And I believe that is what this generation is experiencing. I believe that is the place in which the church has grown into and is where we are sitting at this point in time. The very kingdom of God was given for the purpose of love, to be the voice of love, to be the very hands and feet of love, to spread that love throughout the entire world. And I believe there is still so much more work to be done. There are places the gospel hasn't reached yet. There are human beings that are born but have not yet heard the message of Christ. There are villages and people groups all around the world who have never known love. And it's because of God's love for us, which was demonstrated through Jesus, that we know that love. And it is that love which tells us God is love. But what happens when a generation stops doing what God has called them to do? When they stop being who God has called them to be? What happens when a people start pursuing the American dream more than God himself? And they start despising the very callings and purposes in which God gave them. God is not done yet. God is not done with America yet. And God is not done with you yet. Rather you are young or old. Rather you are in retirement or in middle school. Regardless of ethnicity. Regardless of race, background, education, or social standing. Regardless of how much money you have or don't have. The power and calling of God can manifest in your life in such a way to bring about a radical change for his great gospel message all over the world. So the title of my message is called, From Saul to David. Now God's love knows absolutely no boundaries. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, all it tells us all about this. It has no limits. It's eternally everlasting. And if his love is never ending, then so are his purposes and his callings for your life. There is no amount or limit that God cannot surpass. And just when you think that you've lost your purpose or your calling, just when you think you've reached a point and beyond saving, just when you think you've reached your fullness or fulfillment, God raises the bar, He extends His hand, and there is more to do and more to accomplish. And if there are those who are out there and they despise their calling, if there are people out there in God's kingdom and whom God has entrusted that kingdom with, who will not love, who will not move, and who will not be obedient and will not speak or act when there is a great need, then that authority will shift into the hands of somebody else who is willing to act and speak. And perhaps you are that very person who has been waiting for the moment. As the prophet Isaiah heard the voice of the Lord, whom shall we send? And his response was, send me, Lord, send me, here I am. And how do we know that God isn't done yet? How do we know that God is speaking and moving and perhaps he is just getting started? Because within just a single year, we've witnessed the move of the U.S. Embassy to Jerusalem, supporting the sovereignty of an undivided Jewish capital of Israel. We are now witnessing the support of Israel's land in the West Bank, Gaza Strip, the Golan Heights. The only thing that will remain will be for Israel to gain full control of the Temple Mount to rebuild their temple. Everything that is happening before us is signifying to us to pay attention, to wake up that God is alive. He is real. He is active. He is involved and he is bringing his word into completion. He judges the wicked and brings salvation to the righteous. God is faithful and true. So everything that is happening is such a fast and short unprecedented timeline should gain our complete and full undivided attention. 
Things are happening. Things are going to happen. And therefore, if one aspect of God's word is being proven true, then doesn't it mean that all of God's word will be proven true as well? This week alone, we witnessed devastating floods. We witnessed financial advisors raising the red flags about recession. We witnessed a change in political position concerning Israel and their land all in one week. These things aren't just headlines. They aren't just news headlines to gain your attention. These are things in which God is using to communicate to us. And I say it in nearly every single one of my messages, that it is not a matter of if God is speaking, but rather, what is God speaking? And just because some of you are out there saying that you don't hear the voice of the Lord, that you aren't witnessing the miracles of the Lord, does not mean that He is not speaking or moving. It just means that you haven't been able to perceive Him or see Him. And Jesus said, remove the plank out of your own eye so you can clearly see to remove the plank out of your brother's eye. The plank is disobedience. The plank is doubt. The plank is complacency. Those things will bring you blindness. They will deaf your ears and make you mute so you won't hear or see the Lord. But if you will lay down your pride, like David said, examine me, O Lord, and see if there be any wicked thing in me. If you will open and be open to come to God through his Holy Spirit and accountability of his word. If you allow his word to have its work in your life and submit to God and his authority, he will open your ears, he will open your eyes, and he will allow us to hear and see correctly, just as Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 tells us. that If we trust in him, he will make our path straight. That trust implies to every area of our life. Now, if we believe in God, and we believe his word, and we believe everything that he tells us, then we have to believe that he is also faithful to that word. Therefore, if we believe it, then our faith enables us to act upon it, to not only be obedient through his Holy Spirit and how we live and speak, but also through our actions and what we also do and how we treat one another and how we administer the gospel message. The gospel message isn't just about cleansing us from our sins. But it's also about enabling us to walk freely in obedience to God. These events and the headlines that are occurring this week and around the world is a signal to us to not just believe God, not just listen to God, but also to trust Him, to be obedient to Him. If He is faithful to bring judgment, then He is also faithful to bring healing and salvation. I believe what is occurring right now is a signal of a shift. It's a sign of God's power and authority, and it's a shaking, indicating that a great change of power, a great change of authority, a great change of influence is about to take place in God's very kingdom right here on earth. Now, the Lord spoke to me last week. I literally heard the voice of God, and I wrote down every single word that was spoken, and it's unprecedented what is about to take place. I'm going to share that with you. And just a few weeks ago, before that, the Lord first spoke to me concerning judgment that was coming, which was going to occur because what happened in New York, and he's holding the church accountable for what took place. And this past week alone, we saw extraordinary floodwaters sweep over the entire Midwest of the United States, estimated in over $1 billion worth of damage. Financial advisors are also warning of a coming recession. These things aren't a coincidence or an accident. His words are coming true. They are coming to pass. And if you get a chance, go on our Facebook page and read that word. Go back and listen to it. It's also on our podcast because God is faithful and true. 
and he's bringing it to pass exactly as he said he would. But rest assuredly, there is a plan. God doesn't bring destruction without a plan of salvation. That when there is a problem, there is also a solution. And when there is a removal, there is also a replacement. And I believe that replacement and the removing is happening. And this judgment is a way of getting immovable folks out of the way. It's a way of dealing with arrogance and pride. It's a way God is going to gain the attention of folks, of people who are willing to listen to him. People who are stuck in their ways of theology and religion. People have been taking up space and prime real estate. God is about to move them out of the way. And he's about to move you in, in their place. And I'm talking about that second and third string quarterbacks who've been working their butt off, who have been benched. But now is your time. That time is upon us. The people whom have been overlooked, overpassed, judged, and ridiculed. The very people whom the church has labeled unusable, worthless, and a waste. Now, I don't care who you are. I don't care where you've come from. I don't care what you have done, where you have been. If you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and have been faithfully obedient to his word, meaning that you love the unlovable, You are faithful with giving to the poor, feeding the hungry, that you don't withhold love to others, and you are there for folks in the times of their most need. God's hand is about to move on you so greatly and mightily for His purpose and kingdom, and His Spirit is about to be poured out upon you greatly. You're about to have visions and dreams. You're going to see things concerning the future. You're about to obtain words of knowledge for God's people, and you're about to be involved with the power of God's Spirit to bring about the glory of God to the people of God for a purpose like never before. People whom God has entrusted with with His kingdom here on earth that have not been able to perceive His Word, they haven't been able to perceive His Holy Spirit because they've been stuck in the ways of the past. And therefore, they aren't able to move forward in the ways of the future and what God is about to do. They've caused division. They've caused doubt and a great falling away in the church. They resemble the first generation of Israelites that God let die in the wilderness because they failed to take possession of the kingdom which God had given them. They were stuck in their older traditional religious way. But God is dealing with that. So now I'm going to read to you this word, the word in which the Lord came to me with, and I'm going to explain it to you and show you what it means. Saturday, March 16th, 2019 at 1.30 p.m., the word of the Lord came to me through his Holy Spirit from Saul to David. I hear the voice of the Lord and I hear him saying, Unity, unify my people, bring the entire offering into the storehouse that there may be food in my house to eat. And see that I do not open up the floodgates of heaven. You are the offering and my people are the harvest are the food. I hear the voice of a herald and a trumpet. A messenger has been assigned and given the wings of an eagle. Look, the whole earth is filled with the glory of the Lord. Every people from every tribe and tongue have come to gather to give praise and honor to the Lord. Give him a sword. Give him a shield for he brings down strongholds and raises up the sea. He is putting a king's robe on me, a robe that he gave to David from King Saul. He has given me his sword. He has given me a shield. He has set before me the kingdom. He has given me the honor of a king, but I am nothing deserving of it. He is sending me out to fight the battle that Saul has sat out. He is sending me out to the fields where his people are gathered. 
with a shout and with a trump. David brought down Goliath with a rock, but by the sword of the Lord, by the word of his mouth, the Lord has brought down his enemies, and the name of the Lord is glorified. The harvest is the Lord's. The kingdom is his. They have forfeited their right as Saul was cast aside. They are like Esau, who despised his birthright and gave it to Jacob. Therefore, the kingdom of the Lord is passing into the hands of David. Those who go out and fight the Lord's battles, those who deliver his people, those who honor the Lord with their hearts in truth, in obedience, and in faith. And David was undignified, and his wife rebuked him because of it, because he danced before the Lord, and she despised him. David was undignified. Those who are indignified for the sake of the Lord, those despised because of his sake, the kingdom is shifting to them. And there is a great move. We have become indignified by the joy of the Lord, and his joy is magnified. Now, this first part of the word, which the Lord gave me, is very interesting. It relates to a word in Malachi which uh, in chapter 3, verse 10, I hear the voice of the Lord. I hear him saying, unify my people, bring the entire offering into the storehouse. There may be food in my house to eat. See, I don't open the floodgates of heaven. You are the offering of my people or the harvest or the food. I hear the voice of a herald and a trumpet. A messenger has been assigned and given the wings of an eagle. Look, the whole earth is filled with the glory of the Lord. And how interesting, the name of Malachi actually means messenger, and it represents the word of the Lord. Now, in the book of Malachi, the people of Israel were found guilty of treating the Lord's offering with contempt and were bringing offerings that were blemished and messed up. They were withholding portions of the offering, and they weren't giving it with all of their heart. Now, in the New Testament, Jesus is the offering. He is the Lamb of God, which was offered up for the sins of all mankind. And when we believe in Jesus, we become a part of his body, the body and the bride of Christ, which is God's kingdom. So when we mistreat others, when we treat people cruelly and with favoritism, then we're not only treating Jesus with contempt, we're not only treating the Lord's offering, the Lamb of God, with contempt, but we are treating the entire body of Christ with contempt. You know, we pray the prayer, you know, holy be your name, your your kingdom come and your will be done. The prayer in which Jesus modeled for us, we're treating that God's kingdom with contempt. Now, this was the very thing which happened to the house of Eli, the sons of Eli. Eli was the high priest and prophet of God at that time, and his sons were abusing the women they were taking bribes. They were treating the sacrificial offerings with contempt. And because Eli did not remove his sons, God held Eli accountable for what happened. He struck down his sons and the whole household. And the mantle and anointing of God went to Samuel. And Samuel was the prophet who anointed both Saul and David. And it's very interesting that this word is not only dealing with the sacrificial offering of the Lord, but also dealing with the house of the Lord, the kingship and the authority of the Lord, the authority of the kingdom. So Malachi charged Israel and through Malachi, God challenges Israel to repent and to bring the entire offering into the storehouse and see that if God is not faithful to his word and pour out such a blessing from the floodgates of heaven, that they won't be able to even have enough room to store it all. And that Word in chapter 3, verse 10, floodgates is the same word to describe the flood of during the times of Noah. 
Now, each and every one of our lives is an offering to Jesus. As Jesus brought, as he bought and paid for us by his very own blood, and which he shed for us on the cross, we ought to live worthy of that calling which he has given us. Jesus said that if we want to be his disciples, then we must deny ourselves, pick up our own cross, and follow him. Our lives ought to be lived as a daily offering to Jesus. And if we will dedicate ourselves wholly to him and be committed to God in everything that we do, in our lives will produce such a harvest like the floodgates of heaven. Your life will produce an incredible outpouring of God's spirit that you won't be able to contain. Obedience brings about unity and peace. And the next part of this word deals with a shift and a change of God's kingdom for the purpose of bringing down strongholds and raising up a harvest. Every people from every tribe and tongue have come together to give praise and honor to the Lord. Give him a sword. Give him a shield, for he brings down strongholds and raises up the sea. He is putting a king's robe on me, the robe in which he gave from David to Saul. He has given me a sword. He's given me a shield. He set before me the kingdom, and he has given me the honor of a king, but I am nothing deserving of it. He sends me out to fight the battle that king has sat out, or that Saul has sat out. He is sending me out to the fields where his people are gathered with a shout and a trump. David brought down Goliath with a rock, but by the sword of the Lord, by the word of the mouth of the Lord has brought his enemies down, and the name of the Lord is glorified. And one of the interesting things to note here is when it says he brings down strongholds and raises up the sea. In the Bible, the sea represents not only tribulation, trials and tribulation, but also Gentile nations. Now, when, when Saul was king, he became arrogant. He became prideful to where he started taking matters into his own hands. There are assignments that God has given to certain people. There are certain gifts that God has given to certain people. And there are certain callings that God has given to certain people. The body of Christ is made up of every kind of different callings and gifting and purposes. And together, they serve a purpose. But when some people start acting out in pride and in arrogance, and they start taking over all these positions and callings, and they begin robbing other people of their very purpose in which God gave them. Saul was told to wait upon the Lord so that the prophet could offer up sacrifice before Israel would go into battle. Now Saul didn't wait, but instead he took it upon himself to do the offering and therefore was disobedient. He robbed the purpose of the prophet of his calling. And so God honors his word. He honors his people and his prophets. And it was Saul's pride that led to his downfall. Therefore, God stripped the kingdom from Saul and he gave it to David. So when the time came, after David was anointed by the prophet, David went down where there was a certain giant named Goliath who was standing out in front of the armies of God, defiling and mocking God. And where was Saul? Saul was in his tent instead of the front lines of that battle. And what does David do? Because David was anointed. Because God gave him the authority. David picked up the mantle of the king long before he was sitting on the throne of a king. And he brought Goliath down. The very fight that Saul should have fought and won. But instead, because he was sitting out the fight, that fight went to David. And David succeeded Saul in everything in which he did. And Saul was putting on David's armor. Or Saul was putting on David his very own armor. 
his sword and his shield. And what did David do? David took it off because it wasn't made to fit David. It was made to fit Saul. So God's authority and his power, David's faith became the armor. And that's exactly what is taking place. That's exactly what is happening right now in the church. There are Eli's and there are Saul's who are forfeiting their very right to fight the battle, forfeiting their authority to win the battle, who are giving that authority to David. There are some of you out there, that mantle is falling upon you. God is anointing you and gifting you, and he is sending you out to fight those battles that others refuse to fight. Now, do you think New York, California, and Chicago became the way that they are today because God's people are fighting the good fight of faith? No, absolutely not. What has happened and taken place is because God's people haven't been in the fight and they've been sitting it out. So God sent floodwaters over them. God is sending fires over them. And God is getting rid of them because they're refusing to speak and act. They're refusing to fight the fight of faith that God has called them to fight. And those blessings are going to someone else. Those fires that ravage through California. The floodwaters that are taking over the entire Midwest. People that are known as the Bible Belt. These things are happening because God is shifting the kingdom into the hands of people who will be obedient. Now, this last part of this word has to deal with the character and the aspect of the two different generations that we are dealing with right now. The harvest is the Lord's and the kingdom is his. They have forfeited their right as Saul was cast aside. They are like Esau, who despised his birthright and gave it to Jacob. And the kingdom is passing into the hands of David. Those who go out and fight the Lord's battles, those who deliver his people, those who honor the Lord with their heart and truth in obedience and in faith. And David was undignified, and his wife rebuked him because of it, because he danced before the Lord, and she despised him. David was undignified. Those who are undignified for the sake of the Lord, those despised because of the sake, because of his sake, the kingdom is shifting, and there is a great move. We have become indignified by the joy of the Lord, and his joy is magnified. The very last word the Lord gave to me concerning judgment, the very first thing which he spoke to me was that I had become like a false idol to you. You worship me neither in truth or in obedience. And the church has made God into something that he isn't. They've made God into a false image. False images and idols are good for nothing. They can't do anything. They're dead. In the ancient biblical times of the Old Testament, people would make false idols for themselves to serve their own purposes and their own needs. they become disobedient to God, so God would not listen and answer their prayers. Disobedience hinders prayers. But the Bible says the prayer of a single righteous person is powerful. So what happened is they turned to make idols and worship them to answer their own selfish prayers. And the church has done that today with Jesus. They have fallen into disobedience. They serve money and greed. It's the message of the prosperity gospel. They've taken advantage of his mercy and his kindness. And they've turned away from, they turned into doing evil. They haven't turned away from it. They've made God into a genie to serve their own selfish purposes. So it's no wonder that the church in the last few hundred years haven't seen miracles like what they did in the times of the apostles. It's no wonder why people are getting great revel why they're not getting revelations of his word, because they are in disobedience. They're worshiping a false god, neither in truth or in obedience. They've deceived themselves exactly as John and James said. If you hate your neighbor or brother, 
then the love of God is not in you and you deceive yourselves. It have made God to be a liar because God is love. God doesn't neglect his people. God doesn't rejoice in evil like what they did when they passed the abortion bill. God doesn't delight in wicked things. He feeds the hungry. He clothes the naked. He fathers the orphan and he shows compassion to the weak and the humble. All these things are the very things in which the church has despised and turned away from. We curse the homeless, we mock and make fun of the oppressed, we turn away from the attic and the drunkard, and we withhold our love and our compassion to those in greatest need of it. This is a generation that are governed by tradition and religion and theology. They're set in their ways and they won't be moved. But the sign of the Lord, the mark of His authority, and His Spirit is joy. And so there are people out there whom God is raising up for this time and place who aren't afraid to shout who don't care about being undignified and will raise their hands and dance before the Lord. These are people who love the truth. They love the Lord. They're not ashamed of Him, so God won't be ashamed of them. They love Him with all their heart, with all their might, strength, and soul. They don't compromise or despise the Word or the Spirit of the Lord. And Esau despised his birthright, but yet Jacob saw the value of it, and he went after it. So God's favor went to the one who did not take it for granted. There are Jacobs out there, but you don't carry the name of Israel. You carry the name of Jesus. There are Davids out there. There are Elijahs out there. And there is coming a great revival. There's coming a great outpouring. And if you've been waiting for a long time on that promise, it's right around the corner. Those dreams and those visions, those Those things that were prophesied about you and to you will be fulfilled and passed in your life. And if you're in agreement with this word, maybe you're one of those people like me who've been abused and mistreated by the church. Maybe you've experienced great rejection and denial. Maybe you've been denied your calling and purpose. God loves you. And he has been setting aside a time and a place and a season such as this for you. And it's upon us right now. God says the wait is over. Your time is coming. No matter how old or young you are, your time is approaching. The kingdom is being shifted into your hands. When you see the opportunity rise, take it. When the door is open, walk through it. Put that faith to use because God will not put you to shame. He will not abandon that word he gave to you. Have courage as he told Joshua. Be courageous for I am with you. The kingdom is shifting to the most unlikely people. God said, Blessed are the meek and humble, for they will inherit the earth. The criminals, the trespassers, the tax collectors, the sick, the lame, the crippled, the leopard and the orphan, the prostitute, the abandoned. The call is going out to you, whoever you are, wherever you come from, whatever background. The authority of the kingdom is being passed to you. The mantle is being given to you. It is there for you. No longer will you be oppressed and subdued, but your purpose is being activated in the name of Jesus. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul and strength, and love your neighbor. And in those two commands Jesus said alone, the entire law is fulfilled. And if that's you today, I want to pray with you for your calling and purpose. I want to pray for your anointing in the Spirit, And when God gives it to you, when he gives it to you, give him thanks. Give him praise. Be faithful with it, please. And also don't forget, let us know. Send me a message. Send me an email because 
I want to know. Give me a report of what God is doing in your life. I want to know so I can share it. Dear Heavenly Father God, I thank you for who you are. I thank you for your son Jesus who died on the cross for my sins. I thank you for your Holy Spirit and your precious word. I thank you for loving us, for not abandoning us, for never leaving or forsaking us. Thank you for callings, for your purposes. Lord, in your great name, in the name of Jesus, I ask and command every prophet receive their anointing and calling. In Jesus' name, every evangelist receive their work and calling. In Jesus' name, every teacher receive their calling. In Jesus' name, every intercessor receive their place. Every healer receive their gifting in Jesus' name. And I ask that they be given authority, they be given anointing, they be renewed and refreshed in your word like the wings of an eagle, and go forth throughout the entire world for your gospel message. And may this word not return void, but accomplish all you send it out to do. In your great name, O Jesus, we pray. Amen. Now you can find more teachings just like this one on our website at tribeofchristians.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and on YouTube. Please don't forget to like and subscribe and share this message to help spread the gospel message and get further updates on new episodes published. This concludes this message. I am the chief sinner with the tribe of Christians, and may God continue to bless you and be with you always.